On this episode, I show Jack my love by forgetting his drink, while Jack denies that he still plays with toys. Together, we discuss the less talked about languages of love. Disclaimer. We are not experts in any particular field. Nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical or legal advice. Welcome to the 9 o'clock. I am Jackson. And I'm Gwena. And today, we are talking about the love languages. Yes, finally. But not the normal ones. <laughs> not the... Not not the Gary Chapman one. So we're gonna so, we're gonna recreate what he uh, started and do it in our own voice. We're gonna make it better. Um, no, I'm not gonna say that's that's a bold statement, Gwen. Yeah, let's um, go with that. So to to set the uh, to set the scene, um, several decades ago, a guy named Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages, and this was a fairly important kind of way to look at how people communicate love, right. especially in a couple's situation. Yeah. Um, and so he, he kind of identified five ways to express love to one another and he called them the five love languages and that's my fancy, uh, notebook for those yes. of you watching on YouTube. I couldn't find a piece of paper, so I just stole my kid's drawing pad. Okay. So there are words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, quality time, and giving and receiving gifts. Right. So that, those are the kind of the five categories that people best express and receive love because i mean it's it's really easy to say i love you but without kind of actions backing it it's just lip service right and i kind of like the love languages now you were only recently introduced to the love languages when i told you hey we're going to do an episode on the love languages and you went like what yeah like what what is that yeah yeah so we did we did take the little quiz. You can go online and find a billion and one different ways to get there, but you can go online and take They're more or less all the same. Yeah, pretty much. Um take the quiz and my primary uh love language was words of affirmation. Yes. I want you to tell me you're doing a good job. And then secondary to that would have been uh what uh acts, acts of, of service. service. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. What were what were yours? My primary one ended up being uh quality time. Yeah. Uh, followed by physical touch. Yeah, that makes sense. I see that. Yeah. Which is, which, and, and as far as the discussion on the internet goes with love languages, so part of the problem is, or not really part of the problem, but part of the things that he addresses is when a couple is engaged in a, in a physical, intimate, emotional relationship, uh -huh. sometimes there is a disconnect between how I show love and how you feel love. Right. Like you enjoy physical touch. You like giving it out. You like getting hugs. Um, you well, like cuddles. And, and oddly I, I found, and maybe I'm wrong on this. I found that, uh, oftentimes your, the, the, the love language that you want from another person is not necessarily the same when you like giving. Right. Like using. Right. So for me, quality time, Quality time is one of those kind that that can go both ways. Mm -hmm. Like quality time, I like giving quality time, but I also like receiving quality See, time. I'm I'm specifically focused on your need for physical touch, though. Well, that's the one I was about to address. So the quality time one makes sense to me that it yeah. can go both ways. But the physical touch one, I like to receive physical touch, but I'm not good at giving it. Well, and and that's not a problem for us. The problem becomes in that I am not good at giving physical touch either. Right. I'm very a hand hands off kind of person. 
I guess you could say it's... Uh, I don't want to be touched, and I don't necessarily want to touch you. It's not that you never do, though, so scarcity maybe makes it more... Uh, yeah, no, it's... it's there's I think there's some, some economist laws somewhere yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. I am controlling the supply and demand, folks. That's what I'm doing. Which is which is also weird, because I am able to drop those pretenses, I'm, I'm able to drop those boundaries, because the kids are touching me all Constantly, the time. Constantly, yeah. All the time, and... Aside from occasionally getting overstimulated, that's not really a big problem for me. But you, mm. I, uh, I do get overstimulated even with the kids. Yeah, there are times where I have to just stand up. Yeah, say, yep, just stop I, touching uh, me. I, I, I need my own space for a moment. Yeah, my own bubble. The kids are finally getting old enough that we can we can really kind of begin to. Okay, now is a time for cuddle, and now is not a time for cuddle. My favorite thing that, that they've been doing recently is is that very pad you're using. They like to bring it to me and say, Dad, draw me something. Yes. And, uh, oh, there's Trixie. There's Trixie. Um, Dad, draw me something. And then both of them lay on me. While you do it. And, like, hold my arms while I'm trying to draw a thing. And yeah. if it doesn't look right, they get mad and want me to redo it. Mm-hmm. It's like, then get off of me. <laughs> this would be much easier. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. But, I, it, but, but it's that's funny that it's a love language for me, though. It really is. Uh-huh. I do enjoy the physical touch. Yes. I just don't necessarily need it 100% of the time. Well, and I think that's, I think that's one of the misconceptions about the concept of the love languages. Yeah, it's not constant. Right. I don't, I don't need to be shown at some point, even for me, words of affirmation. At some point, I will just stop believing you. Right. Because it just feels like you're trying to prove a point. And it feels disingenuous. Well, and and even for yours, words of affirmation aren't necessarily "you did a good job" or uh-huh. "you're you know that that kind of thing." You're a hero. It's uh, words of affirmation for you can just be an acknowledgement of of something. Yeah. So it can be something like, uh, "Hey, did you did you read that book I asked you to read about?" Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I did. One bad. Yeah. And for you, that's that's, that's words of affirmation. Now you mm-hmm. might want to discuss a little bit, which falls back into the quality quality time. time yeah. But. Uh, just just being affirmed that that something I think it's more about being heard, being like like having somebody actually listen to what you had yeah. to say and then acknowledging what you had to say. See, and this whole discussion right here is kind of what gives me pause about the love languages as they exist right. now. Is first of all, it is not and and Chapman is never like this will solve all the relationship problems ever. No. Pretty much like like any other methodology of viewing your relationship, of viewing your role as parents, this is one tool of many. If this is the only way you are using to kind of take a look at how you communicate love, how your relationship is functioning with your partner, well, this is not going to be a complete. There's no one right way to have a relationship. There's no one right way to raise kids. This is, if it resounds with you, if it resonates with you, this is a really good tool to use. But it, as with all tools, is not the only one available and really not the only one that you can, you can, can't just use love languages and be like, oh no, we figured it out. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things because I feel like the love languages evolve. I think so. And my guess is uh, Chapman... In order for public consumption, he he probably had thousands of notes worth. Yeah, of he he had to stuff. distill for yeah. public consumption, he had to narrow it down. So, which, which is what happens. Right. So, uh, please please know that any criticism that we offer of five love languages is not a we're not damning it. We're not yeah. saying it's useless. Which just it's one of many. 
Um, and as with all things, it's not complete. You could say we're expanding upon it. We are, because I do not feel like the primary way I show love is acts of service. I actually get way more specific about it. I show you love by feeding you. <laughs> I feed people well, as a sign of my and, respect, adoration, and appreciation. And so you might, you might think, well, that's still an act of service, but... Oh, it's a very specific act of service. I think it goes beyond that. My thought is something along the lines of, first of all, cooking is a hobby for you. It is. And I think there's, there's, it's multifaceted because on one hand, yes, you'll cook for the family, but it's not just the service you're seeking. You're also seeking the validation for the cooking itself. Yeah, I'm kind of combining all of it together. Right. Like I am showing you love and I'm giving you an opportunity to show me love back. Cooking happens to be the vessel you're seeking the, uh, the validation. Right. Um, I, I don't even know if validation is the right word. No, it totally is. <laughs> no, I'm an attention whore yeah. and I need constant validation. Like I can, I can, I'll use I can affirmation. This. I'll use affirmation. It sounds nicer. Uh, <laughs> cooking is the vessel you use to seek affirmation. Um, it just so happens it's something you really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. But there, are, there could be times where you have to do something you don't like to do to still get the, the affirmation. Anytime I have to handle onions. Right, or laundry. Yeah. <laughs> a, a simple thank you for doing the laundry. Uh-huh. Both of us are like, I don't want to do I the laundry. I don't want to do the laundry. But at the end of the day, not only does it need to get done, it does feel good to have the other person acknowledge it. It feels good to have the other person do it. It does do that. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's true too. I think the reason it feels good to have somebody acknowledge it is because it sucks. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I did a thing I don't like doing. That, it makes me think. So growing up, we are both millennials. Yeah. Growing up, we very much had parents that are like, I'm not going to tell you good job for doing a thing you're supposed to be doing anyway. Right. Congratulations. You put your shoes on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to celebrate that. That's just a thing that you have to do. Yeah. The first, the first time you get tying your shoes, like, okay, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, really? There's some good celebration. Job. Yeah. Job. The 99th time you've tied your we shoes and you're seeking celebrate. validation. It's right. like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I expect this now. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so our parents, they weren't real big on the credit after the first, second, third, fourth time. And that's not to say that, oh, well, they never appreciated us. That's, no, that's not what we're saying. It's just, it was a different time, different prevailing thoughts on how you raised kids. Well, y- Going back to that original statement I made, it's the uh, scarcity of the thing. Yeah. I think for them, it's not that they didn't like giving credit, although it was rare. Right. But it also made it, it was so rare that it made it when they did give validation, it mm-hmm. was that much more redeeming. But as as parents, so we, we take a slightly different tack. Yeah. I don't necessarily spend an inordinate amount of time congratulating my kids for getting themselves dressed, which is now a thing they can do completely independently yeah. from... Pajamas to clothes. I don't have to get their clothes out of the dresser. I don't have to tell them what items they need. They just, they know, and they can, with relatively little effort, get themselves clothed. Which, as sidebar, I have to say, going from being potato to dressing themselves feel like it was a blink of an eye. Does it feel like to you? It feels like it took a small eternity to me. So different perspectives on the thing, I suppose. I'm not saying like living through the time didn't feel like it was a long time. No, it still feels like... Counting the days. But now that I'm looking back on it, I was like, holy crap, they're they're already to the point where... Well, I was just looking at them yesterday, and I think I was commenting to you, the boy was sitting next to you, and as a three-year-old, physically, he is... He's the size of a six-year-old. He really is. Yeah. And I just just remarked about it... like wow i can't believe he's grown so much i totally can um 
that's that's fascinating that it's a different perspective that it's a different perspective well i've been with them 100 percent of the time until we dropped them in daycare last month yeah i've i I, i've been there the whole time and so i think for me some of the changes feel very subtle and like they took a very long time to accomplish you've only been home with them for about eight months yeah um and so you see much bigger much bigger changes. I, I think only that's, that's recently. Kind of only if I compare them to when they were infants. Well, and it's, for... it's the same though. If if I'm looking at it from the time that I I started working from home to now, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine it's about the same time scale. Maybe as far like if if you were to look at it from the same point of view, I don't remember what they were even doing eight months ago. Well, but anyway, yeah. anyway, derailing from Jackson wandering down memory lane because he got into his Google Photos the other day. Um, that's what triggered that, I promise you. No, it was him sitting next to you. Oh, okay. But, um, so we we do give credit probably more liberally than our parents do. Right. Um, for getting themselves dressed or putting their shoes on or whatever. But we take a slightly different tack. The first couple times, oh my goodness, I'm so proud of you. You did such a good job. You're such a big kid. And then, like, the fourth through the 7,000th time is, are you so proud of yourself? Right. Like, I I want them to understand that yes, I am incredibly proud of you and this thing that you did. If you feel like celebrating it, friggin' celebrate. Like get yes, you put your shirt on right the first time. Excellent work. But I also want them to be able to assess and self-validate. Yeah. Um, that's it's one of many ways to combat bullying. A child who is self-assured and is not constantly seeking validation from others. That's not to say they never seek validation from others, but not constantly needing validation from others. Way harder to bully. And when, again, there are no universals. So I, I think it's I think someone too, tries hard enough, they can hurt their feelings. Right. From that perspective, too, I think it comes down to context as well. In mm-hmm. that uh, there, there comes a point where you offer up the validation when you feel it's warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also want to teach them that you're not always going to be validated for everything you do. Right. And so it's important to kind of get a little bit of perspective of right. both, but you don't have to be mean about it. Right. You, 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 still... you can feel proud about yourself doing right. a thing. Um, I, as they are getting older and their understanding of the world around them is getting a little more complex. And I do this with the eldest all the time. I try to praise the effort, not the results. Right. Like, I'm really glad you worked so hard on that. I don't really care what your grade was. I mean, I do care that if you care, I care. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if you worked really hard for a C or you worked really hard for an A. The results, great. But you worked really hard for those. Oh, I'm really proud of you for putting in all that effort. Well, you've said it before. No one in my adult life has ever asked me what I scored. In eighth grade grade algebra. In eighth grade algebra, exactly. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really matter. Did you get the concepts? Okay, then the letter grade is a tool of assessment. Yeah. Did you work really hard? Did you try your best? Excellent. Then I'm so proud of you. Right. I love this for you. So yeah. Um, so I guess would would that mean that measured praise is that a love language? Is being intentional about the praise? Like I want you to feel proud of yourself. You don't need me to be proud of you for everything. Right. Um, I am proud of the effort, not necessarily. Is that a, is that a love language? I think it might be. At the very least, it falls within uh, words of affirmation. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it's a love language in and of itself, but it's a, you, you could, it, it's a, it's a separate, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's another part. It's a subcategory. Yes. 
Okay. Well, that's something that uh, I, I don't feel like Chapman really went into. I mean, he kind of acknowledged that there are going to be things that will fit within these categories that you haven't right. put in there. There is no such thing as a parenting expert. Just people with good ideas that may or may not work for you. Luckily, a lot of those people have written their good ideas down in book form. And I'd like to share those books with you. I'm partnering with Fable to bring you the Mama Cusses Book Club. Join me as we read my favorite parenting titles and discuss the good ideas in them. Head to fable.co slash mamacusses to sign up. That's fable.co slash mamacusses to sign up. And I think we're going to find that on uh, several of these that uh, yeah. even, even if we want to distinguish a certain thing. But I do think, and something you were kind of leading toward, is that there are some categories that are just outright missing. And, and one of them you mentioned was... Uh, or no, you didn't mention it. You were going to, though. I think you were headed that direction. Well, we uh, one of our langu- love languages between you and me, and I think this is common among quite a few couples, Yeah, is uh, we give each other an enormous amount of crap. Yeah. Sarcasm it's is a sarcasm. love language. Yes. Yeah. I say that all the time, too. Yes. Sar- sarcasm is a love language. I think you've been saying that since before reading the love languages like books. I think well, just... I read the love languages a long time ago. Oh, did you? Yeah. We, we were required to, in a certain... Um, affiliate group that i was once pretty big into we'll leave it at that <laughs> i think i know what you're talking about yeah um but i fully agree with your assessment on that i do think sarcasm can be a love language well and it, it is in fact a lot of times the opposite of words of affirmation yes like it is not affirming language at all yeah but yet for us it is I think part of the reason why it is, is because our sarcasm is never, not toward each other anyway, it's never meant or directed to be uh, hateful or harming. Yeah. If anything, we're trying to get a rise out of the other, trying to get a laugh out of the other person. Yeah. And so I think that component is important for it's, our it's sake. the humor, really. Yes. We, the sarcasm is the language, mm-hmm. but the humor is the byproduct of that language. Well, and it's the subtext that we listen to. Yeah. So... um True story. I am. I'm gonna throw myself under a bus of my own creation here. <laughs> so periodically, uh, we have we have a drink fridge in the garage. Yeah. That pretty much just houses overflow meat and soda and water and adult beverages. Periodically, I will get up to go do something, and you'll ask me, "Hey, will you grab me a drink out of the fridge?" And what you mean is, will you go into the garage and grab me that? Sure. Um, but I never say sure. I say no, typically followed by some sort of expletive command. Or, F- yeah. F off. Yeah. Sometimes, or sometimes it's uh, get one yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I will go do the thing that I had gotten up to do in the first place. And then my ADHD kicks in and I legitimately forget <laughs> to get you the drink that you ask for in a perfectly reasonable request. Um, and then I feel bad because I told you no, and I I know you heard the sarcasm. I know that you knew I was not declining your request to get a drink. I will I'll admit it's rare when that happens. Yeah. Uh, but oftentimes I'll throw some sarcasm back out when you come back and you've forgotten it. I know you've forgotten it. Yeah. I'll get up and say, "Hey, I'm gonna go get a drink. Do you want one?" <laughs> Just... And that's typically the first time I remember. Oh yeah, you did specifically ask me to get you a drink. I said no, and then I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so that's that's fun, but yeah, it's that sort of thing. Now here's here's a discussion that we have had several times about sarcasm being our love language. Um, 
And it is the teeniest, tiniest battle that we have occasionally had to fight with the oldest. You and I, having very dark senses of humor, having been together for over a decade, we understand the unspoken. When I say no, I will not get you a drink. You know full well that is not what I mean. Yeah. I will, in fact, get you a drink. I'm just giving you a hard time about it. If I call you a lazy bum because you ask me to do a thing right next to where I was standing, I don't think you're a lazy bum. I'm just teasing. There are times, and she's gotten much better about it recently, there are times that the eldest has tried to throw that same thing and it was not perceived the same way. <laughs> um, and there are times that I worry, okay, if sarcasm is a love language, if teasing and picking fun is a way that we express kind of the joyful elements of our relationship, are our kids seeing the jest do they see the joke or do they just see us being dicks to one another on the regular? Like, are we priming them for being able to have kind of a fun nitpicky way of teasing their partner? Or are we showing them that actually no mild verbal abuse is a okay. Hmm. That's actually a good question. Um, I could see it being both ways. Yeah. I could see them looking at us and because they're sponges and they, they then uh, not manipulate, they uh, mimic. Yeah. Uh, I, I could see them learning through that. Yeah. But on the flip side of it, I think it's just as important where if you make a snide comment at me and I laugh, yeah, then it's not an offense. Mm -hmm. They don't understand why right now. Well, Thankfully they don't really know how to. Uh, I, I do know that Abby, she had she had her first kind of experience of not speaking the same love language because obviously we've taught her to be sarcastic. We've taught her right. her sense of humor. Um, there, there's always the question is, is, is that nature versus nurture? She is a genuinely funny human. She is snarky and her wit is quick, yeah. which makes sense because she grows up here with right. us. Right. Um, but was she born like that? Would she still have that same sense of humor if another family had taken her in when she was born? I, I don't know. I have, Maybe. I have no idea. But um, her very, very first little boyfriend, their relationship was fairly quick. Um, she was not that heartbroken when he broke up with her because he wasn't that much fun. He said that she was too immature. And these are 13-year-old kids at the time. So it's amusing to hear, oh, yeah, she's, she's too immature for me. All right, bud. Have fun with that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But this, this I think funny. I think it was because she was snarky with him and he did not hear the he didn't hear the words of affirmation in well, the sarcasm. That may be the case or it was the way she was with other people. Mm -hmm. And and another example of this is uh she she has a friend who pulled her aside the other day. And was annoyed with her for how she talks to her best friend. Now, her and her best friend are like you and I yeah. in their sarcasm. They They're constantly, constantly on, each other. on each other. And and it sounds like if, if you were if you were fly on the wall and had no context, it sounds like they hate each other. Right. And they don't. They actually love each other. Right. It's just constant roasting. Yeah. Because it, that's 14. exactly what it is. Yeah. And for whatever reason, this friend was super did concerned. not understand that. I get that on live with Tori. All the time. You? Yeah. Because Tori and I roast each other 
all the time. And people think you're being mean and to each other. And people think that I'm being mean to Tori Phantom. I'm not being mean to Tori Phantom. <laughs> Tori Phantom dishes as much as they take. Well, even if they don't hear it openly. Yeah. I mean, you got y'all are actually friends. Yes. We, outside of TikTok. Out, outside of TikTok. Yeah. And so both of you speak that way normally yeah, to, to one we, another. To each other. So what what they see on a live is actually accurate to yes. normal. Yeah. No, our our lives on TikTok and occasionally on Instagram, they are essentially our FaceTimes but with an audience. Yeah. And you can attest to that. You've yeah. seen us FaceTime privately. You you will speak directly at each other more than you do to the audience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I get I get accused of of bullying Tori all the time. Well, I guess. Munchausen? I guess. <laughs> Is that why Tori doesn't call you on it? No, Tori dishes it out. Yeah, Tori gives just as much. Um, yeah, so that's the sarcasm thing. Now, can you think of any others off the top of your head that uh, could fall into even their own category, or if not, a subcategory of uh, some of these other languages? Um... Because there's also gifts. There, yeah, there's get. Here's the thing: is neither of us are good with that. Well, and I don't, I don't fully understand with the with Chapman's original concept. Was the gifts thing about? Was it just the benevolence of giving, and that's what makes well, you feel good, or the, was it the also gift receiving? Giving, yes, it it was both. Um, you may feel loved by receiving gifts you may show your love by giving gifts mm -hmm. and for some people it is the same some like i like to do that with the kids for example yes i just randomly at the store one day saw a couple of toys and i decided you know what they'll really like those and so, so i gave them to them as a gift it is fascinating since you brought those those two toys home you brought home a monster truck and some disney dolls yeah for the littles and um sour patch kids for the oldest actually which worked perfectly yeah but since you brought those gifts home, it has made me think. So th that was an, uh, an act of love. Right. Like you saw those, you immediately thought, oh, our kids will love these things. I'm going to go ahead and get them. Right. But you do not typically communicate through gifts. That is not a, a high priority. So it made me wonder, you and I both grew up really poor. Yeah. And our parents at their age, when, when we were our kids' age, our parents could could never. That would not have been on the table. Right. Um, financially, they wouldn't have been able to afford just to randomly buy two toys. Now, granted, these were out of the clearance aisle. It's not like we're our kids are spoiled, but for different reasons. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But did you get it because you wanted to show them love through the thing? Or did you get it because we had the ability and you knew you'd love them. You, you knew, knew they, they'd they would love, love them. them. That's, that's it. I, I honestly, I think the way it, it, it processed in my mind at the moment was I wanted to get them those things because I genuinely thought they would enjoy them. Okay. Um, certainly any other time in my life, I would have had to think about the cost. Mm hmm. But this time I, I knew I didn't have to adjust my grocery budget, for example, to include those. For, yeah, for, for $15 in toys. Probably the first time in my life. Yeah. And so uh, I didn't even, like, I, I thought about it, you could say, but it wasn't, it wasn't a motivating factor, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Of, co of, of course, if I'm at the store and I see anything, I, I obviously look at the, uh, the price. Mm -hmm. I, 
we're not to a point where I can just buy something without consideration. Right, yeah. right. So, now, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I could have gotten them the more expensive versions of what I got them, but they're also three, and I thought, well, you know. We'll a, see if these survive. Yeah, a, yeah. a $5 toy will, yeah. will, will probably outlast the $25 toy in that At case. At this point, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I have found myself occasionally looking at things and questioning, do I want to get this because... I'm meeting a need, whether that's a an actual need. We need this thing to solve a problem in the household or because I need to show love and appreciation. Right. Or is it just because I am more financially stable and can provide my children more of this fun, optional stuff? Like our parents worked really hard to make sure we had the bare necessities and in several stages of our childhood, not much more. I suppose in that consideration, now that I'm thinking about it out loud to an audience, um, I think, I think my motivation for getting them the toys was genuinely for the feedback for the toys. Not, not necessarily because, I mean, I, I got them for them as a gift because I love them. Yes. But equal to that, and it's not the words of affirmation, it's the excitement Yes. That I enjoy. Yes. I, I like seeing them happy. I like seeing them excited. And man, did that pay out for you way more than you spent on it. Yeah. What we accidentally discovered, because you, you bought him, you bought the boy child. The girl child loved her dolls because she loves all the dolls. Yes. But the boy child, we accidentally stumbled upon a new special interest that I feel strongly is going to be a very lasting special interest. I think so. So you, they were on clearance and you just happened to pick up grave digger from monster jam yep. the monster truck yeah and you brought it home and now, the only reason i knew that uh the only reason in my head i thought it would be a hit is uh he likes all the trucks he likes all the trucks and and we had accidentally come across a video probably on youtube or something of yeah. a, a monster and it was just a random thing and he saw the truck on the, the yeah. thumbnail mm-hmm. and and i think he didn't even call it monster truck he called it trash truck or something yeah and so i clicked on it we watched 30 seconds of it and then moved on. Mm-hmm. But that stuck with me. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if he'd like the toy. And so sure enough. Brought home the toy. And then we sat down and we watched an actual bit of Monster Jam with the trucks flipping and crawling over stuff. And, yeah. and the boy was hooked. Oh, yeah. He was elated. Absolutely in love to the point that. So as with. Almost all family dynamics, we have one morning child. That is the girl child. Yeah. And we have one. Not morning child. That is the boy child. Yeah. <laughs> it is a fight to get him out of bed every single day. It doesn't matter whether it's a weekend and he sleeps in or a school day and he's got to get up. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. When he opens his eyes, he is angry about it. Yeah. Except the morning after you bought him that monster truck and we spent the evening watching the, the monster truck rallies on YouTube. He got up out of bed. Because he wanted to sleep with a monster truck, but we knew that was problematic. So we gave right. him a very special spot to put this where he could see it from his bed. And Gravedigger sat in that very special spot. When he woke up that morning, his eyes popped open. He flung those blankets off, raced across the room, and got his monster truck. <laughs> He's done that like every morning. Every since. morning. In fact, we could not leave for school this morning because we have since added a monster truck yeah. to his monster truck collection. Yep. Um, we couldn't leave for school until he had located both of them and put them in their special spot. Yeah. So he knew exactly where they would be when he got home from school. <laughs> yes. 
Now, her reaction has not been as, I would say, as... Uh, as strong. As strong as his, but she still had a reaction to hers as well. Yes. So I got her uh, an Elsa and eventually... Or it was... First I got her the Anna, Anna doll, doll and eventually the Elsa doll. Elsa doll as well, She's yeah. been a fan of Frozen since she was a little over a year old. Yes. Um, I got the Anna doll and the first thing out of her mouth when she opened it, she, obviously she was like, <gasps> Anna! Yeah. And then she asked, where's Elsa? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it was a mistake when you brought home just the one. And I, I don't think, I, yeah. I, you, and here's the thing. It wouldn't have mattered if I had gotten her Elsa first. She would have wanted Anna. She would have wanted it, right. Those two go hand in hand. Pair. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, well, you, you brought the Anna. Now, you did have the audacity to choose the incorrect princess the first time. I, the only reason I did is lately when she watches Frozen... It's all about Anna. Yeah, she connects with Anna for more for some reason. I don't, yeah. I don't know why that Which is. Which Anna's but... the hero of the story. Anyway, it, that makes sense to me, right. but yeah, all, everybody, all the little girls, including ours, love Elsa. Yeah. I think it's because of the sparkles. Probably so. When the magic. And the magic, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, both of, both, ultimately. So, so buying the children the gifts, was that gift giving? Was that an act of service or was that you seeking words of affirmation in addition to just give, like here, I'll say this. I don't think it's a bad thing to, if, if the only reason you're purchasing a gift is so someone will say something nice to you, that's a problem. But if you're like, well, it'd be nice if someone said, thank you, that that's not a problem. And it's such a nuanced right. space to be in. Right. It feels like it could be selfish. I think it could be all of the above, honestly, yeah. for me. But yeah, even if it's for my own satisfaction, that satisfaction, that that dopamine hit, that satisfaction comes from their reaction. It's still, yeah. it's still me experiencing. You could say it's vicarious living. I'm living vicariously through them mm-hmm. with their excitement. It makes me excited. Yeah, I don't necessarily play with the toy, but I'm excited to see them. Play you with lie. Them. You got on the ground and played with him with. Gravedigger for like an hour on the big pillow. Just to show him, first of all, to show him that the pillow could be used for that. Whatever. Yeah, that's true. I It was, it was to, uh, honestly, to show him how to use the pillow as like a landscape. No, lies. I, di- I didn't want him. You were uh, playing with the monster trucks too. I genuinely did not want him tearing up the wood floors with the monster trucks because he wants to like smash, smash them, them into and it, throw them together. Yeah. yeah it, so I was, I was just trying to give him some, uh, some no, guidance. You, you can own it that you wanted to play the monster trucks too. It is, it is neat. That they, uh, <laughs> the suspension works on them. I do find Don't that turn neat around on me. You can rock it and it turns like a monster truck. Yeah. So in our house, neat is a code word that Jack and I use for the kids did something that they need credit for. Speaking of what we were talking about earlier, <laughs> yeah. we don't really care. Neat. That's neat, buddy. Um, the girl child is really bad about it. Speaking of these drawing pads that I was using earlier, she will make a drawing and it's fine. And it's a, it's a, it's a cool drawing for a three-year-old to have made. And then she will add a single pen stroke. Yeah. And then look. look! Yeah. And actually she says gook because she struggles with her L's <laughs> right now. Gook. What am I gooking at? Yeah. Um, Gook. Uh, that's neat. Now I will say this. Uh, then she'll the add one them. more pen stroke. Neat. She does do that. Yes. But uh, they were drawing each other for some reason last night. Mm-hmm. And he comes over and he shows me and he's got these scribbly you know circles for eyes uh-huh and then i don't there was no head really that's no there, he, there was he a head did a, he kind of did this banana shaped nose yeah 
And then she turns around and she says, here's Bubba. And she brings it over to me and shows it mm-hmm. to me. It's like, I can actually see eyes, ears, yeah. uh, nose, mouth, head. And I'm thinking, I think she's going to be the more talented artist as far as drawing goes. Drawing, yeah. coloring. She's, she, she takes her time. She holds, if you notice, she holds her utensils, uh, her implements differently than he does. Yes. Like he grips them like a, a toddler does. Yeah, he's, he, he still doesn't have the pencil grip yet. And she's over here like figuring out how to use her fingertips to, yeah. to do it. So I think he's going to end up being the musician of the group and she's going to end up. I was going to say they have, the they have their creative elements. Yep. Anyway, back, back to here. Back to the, what, what we were talking about. Love languages. <laughs> I lost that word there for a sec. Okay, so quality time is yours. Physical touch is definitely not mine. Gifts. Yeah, we we covered that. I, mean, I don't I don't think yeah. we ever So here here's here's a question that I've had. So the the Gary Chapman's little group love languages, you can take the quiz to assess your child. We have not assessed our own children as far as love languages go. And part of the I reason don't know that we could at this age. Maybe not for the 3-year-olds. Yeah. Um and then Abby's just old enough to take it herself. Right. Uh, but I, I I don't need to take hers or words of affirmation. She absolutely thrives off of giving and receiving She is the world's biggest cheerleader who needs her own pep squad. Just following her around constantly. (laughs) That one is for sure. Number one. What do you think? Number two would be for her, for her, uh, acts of service. Like being done for her. No doing for others. Okay. Um, quality time words is probably... of affirmation f- is, is something she needs yeah and then she needs to do acts of service that's I think also so. her other love language i think so doing things for people that makes yeah. sense yeah i could see that i think quality time she's is the group counselor also. among her little circle of friends yeah well and which and is ironic the the quality time when also fits with her but quality time to her is any time yes any time spent with a person is quality, quality time. time yeah right even if you're not speaking, just being in the same room together is mm-hmm. quality time. Uh, the number of times that she will FaceTime her bestie and they don't say anything. Yeah. To each other at uh, all. She likes to she likes to go outside in the dark and FaceTime. Yeah. And they just they just hang out and chat. Yeah. If they say anything at all. Yeah. I have I have caught her on a FaceTime with her bestie and I walk past and I'm not trying to eavesdrop, but like the screen is blank. I'm like, are you talking to your bestie? She goes, yeah, she had to go do a chore. And she just left you hanging out. Well, it was with Cal. She couldn't take me. So you're still connected to the, yeah, we're still hanging out. She's not even in the room. She's not even in the house. She's outside with the cows. Yeah. Her bestie lives on a ranch. Yeah. I I don't get it. I I don't, I. Well, that's, that's the bean thing. Yes. Our little extrovert daughter needs to even the vague appearance of being with other people. Just, just to be connected. Yeah. She just needs some literally kind of connected. That's it. <laughs> God, thank God they don't charge us for uh, minutes anymore. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. All right. It's not that I'd be paying a fortune for it. It's so bad doing it. Back in my day, right. we had to wait till 9 p.m. to talk to our friends when the minutes went free. Yeah. Um, I don't know why my old lady always has a Southern accent. Because it's the funniest version of it. <laughs> That's why. But. <laughs> Yeah, if 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 we were charged for minutes, her relationships would look really different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, because there would be no FaceTime in the empty room while your bestie handles the cow. She would have a part time job at fourteen. 
I think that violates child labor laws, but yeah. <laughs> I'd convince her to do it. Convince her to volunteer to do it, like babysitting and stuff babysitting, like that. Babysitting, yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So can you think of any other non-traditional love languages that we use to communicate with each other or with our children or that our children use to communicate with us? I was trying, I was trying to think of something just a moment ago to see if there was anything else to add to it. And then I wouldn't shut up and I derailed you? Kind of. For all of... Uh, Shut up. For for all of our talk at the beginning about how we're going to do love languages in our own in our own way. Really, we've just we've just kind of spent the time affirming that. Yeah, Gary Chapman, we kind of figured it out for you kinda, guys. Kinda, I mean, we added one. Yeah, sarcasm. Yeah. Um, Everything else we were able to categorize as something different. Yes. No, I don't really have any more to add to it. Okay. So does that mean that's the end of the podcast? That's the end of it. Okay. I think. Except yes. nope. There's one, there's one more part. What do you oh, think, that Jeff? that is a love language. Amazon shopping? No, no, no. Space penis <laughs> is a love language in and of itself. How is space penis a love language? Watching it. Yeah. Seeing, seeing how it works. Yeah. Enjoying the fact that it's in space. It's this, yeah. Yeah. And then the ability to make fun of it. See, I was going to say Amazon shopping is actually a love language, I think. <laughs> I think for some people. It certainly is for Jeffrey. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, so he, no, he no. loves everybody shopping and that actually that that five hundred million dollar that yacht. is a way we spend quality time together. We will sit there, not talk to each other for an hour and a half, and add stuff to each other's Amazon lists, and be like, "Hey, check out that thing that I just added to the home list," or "I added this nifty thing to the mom list." Yeah, that's that's a way we that's, spend quality time. That's true. And what's funny is ninety percent of the time we don't get the thing that we don't. We don't. Yeah, yeah, no. About once a year, we'll just like take a bunch of stuff off and be like why is there a pair of sunglasses on my list i don't know why'd you add them and you probably didn't i probably did and just forgot why i, th I think it's a psychological manipulation because it makes you feel like you are being organized yeah by putting together the amazon lists or, or it's it's fake gift giving like yeah if i could buy this for you i would buy this for you well, even worse than that is because we have so many lists on our amazon i know why there's sunglasses on your list there's actually sunglasses on your dad list right now yeah and it's because you went through that dumb Morpheus glasses stage. This man does oh. not have a bridge of his nose. You know what that is? What's that? That would be our eldest daughter wants those. You wore them. I know, but I can't find them anymore. Yeah. I don't know what happened since we've cleaned up and moved around. Anyway, so this man does not have a bridge on his nose. He used to, and then he spent a very brief period... Uh, paying other people to knock his butt out because he was a boxer. He just wasn't, he sucked at it. Um, this is more of the sarcasm. He was actually not a, he, he wasn't bad, but. But, but you get your, you get that uh, card punch so many times and you have to be self-aware enough to say, okay, no more right. of this. But anyway, it messed up his nose um, internally and externally. So his nose is a little misshapen. And then just the way his face is shaped, the bridge of his nose isn't very big. So this man was like, you know what? You know, it'll really, really work. The Morpheus sunglasses that just clip to the bridge of your nose that I don't have. And then when they didn't work, he's like, huh, that was weird. I was like, was it honey? Was it weird? Anyway, I added real sunglasses to his list. So he would actually stop complaining that it was bright outside because his Morpheus sunglasses didn't work on his face. I love you. Well, I was just going to add that uh, our eldest daughter does in fact want some Morpheus glasses. She does. She has a bridge on her nose. Fine. She can get them when she babysits and earns some money. <laughs> It also just means that she and I uh, think alike as far as our dorkiness goes. This is true. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Is that it? Did we finish That's that? That's it. Um, 
If we get those glasses, no space penis will not deliver it to us. Uh, so. You think we can get the drone delivery though? Not out here. <sighs> We're too far away. I wish that'd be kind of cool. No, it'd be creepy. I don't want have the, the no have the drone deliver it to your porch. No, you just have that sound coming. We live what in would Oklahoma. be creepy is if it had a voice attached to it. Hello, Jackson Lathland. If it was Amazon's, it'd be. It would be funny Alexa. Is it, yeah, if, if it was Alexa, it pulls up and it's like, hey, I'm uh, outside. Come come get your package. Jackson, Lathland. And since it's attached to your phone and your phone is everywhere with you, like you're in the bathroom and she comes in and she's like, when you get done, come to the front door. <laughs> Don't forget to wipe. Okay. We... <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Right. That's it. This has been a production of Pleasant Peasant Media. For questions, suggestions, professions of adoration, or to discuss sponsorship opportunities, email info at pleasantpeasantmedia.com.